Hello everyone and welcome to LifeWealth's first podcast of 2022. My name is Jason Harwood, CEO of LifeWealth and joining me as always is James Vandaloo, head of LifeWealth's Investment Committee. Hello James. Hi Jason. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you too. Uh, And Happy New Year to everyone who listens to the podcast and all of our clients. Um, Hopefully 2022 is going to be a uh, much more positive year in so many ways uh, than 2021 and 2020 before that. Having said that though, James, uh, I'd think you'd be hoping 2022 was going to be better than the way you finished 2021. I uh, I certainly do. Yes, unfortunately, I uh, I was a victim of the, the pandemic and got delted in December and mm. um, it wasn't much fun. So... No, and I mean, look, you know, from everything we've talked about, uh, it was obviously uh, it was pretty pretty tough for you. Um, pretty positive now. You're feeling you're feeling pretty well. Yeah, I am. I uh, I felt pretty good for the first few days, but it, it actually hit me pretty hard, and uh, I was in a good way for for four or five days there. But um, through it now, which is good, and uh, looking forward to to a bigger and better year in 2022. Um, Christmas Day in bed. I was, yeah. Unfortunately, I have no real recollection of uh, of Christmas Day this year. Unfortunately, but it, it's probably the first year where uh, I've been lighter after Christmas than I was uh, the week the week before. So that's probably one uh, silver lining to yeah, take out is, of it. That is a silver lining. But but yeah. I tell you, it, it you know for us as a business at Life Wealth, it, you know we've been we've been very much affected over this last month, as have so many people in. In uh, well, all of Australia, but particularly Victoria and and New South Wales, um, we have had five or six people contract COVID during that period of time. Um, you weren't the only one of our team who uh, spent some time in bed on Christmas Day, uh, which is a little bit challenging. Um, from a from a purely business point of view, it actually hasn't affected us too much because, um, unfortunately, for our team, much of them uh, who have had COVID had it during their their break, so it hasn't been certainly great from that point of view. But it's you know, really shone a light for us as it is for everybody that, you know, there's real world impacts here. And um, I think it's probably important as we go into the podcast today, you know, so much of what we're going to talk about, you know, we'll do a brief intro talking about the pandemic, but it really underpins almost everything else we're going to talk about. So that might be a good place to throw to you to talk about, I guess, you know, the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Um, unfortunately, I, uh, I contracted Delta strain, which was a little bit more severe and, and took a bit longer to get over. Uh, Omicron at the moment is obviously really running through the, the population, particularly in Sydney and Melbourne. Um, it's a disruption right now. I, I'm nervous about supply chains and, and how that's going to infect labour markets over the next three or four months. Uh, but in the medium term, I'm actually really positive about um, the fact that it's happening, um, I believe Omicron is crowding out those more virulent strains like Delta. Um, the Delta wave's gone. It's gone because it's been crowded out mm. by Omicron. So I'm actually optimistic that uh, unfortunately we're all going to get this and it's going to be rotten um, for, for a little while, but I'm optimistic it's going to be something we can learn to uh, we can learn to live with, and the acute phase of the pandemic, um, we're going to probably experience that over the next three or four months. But I'm hoping by the back half of 2022 and 2023 are more normal, and it becomes that rotten cold that 
you know, yeah. some people said it was. I, so I was just having this moment as you were, you were talking. I was, perhaps I should have been more focused on what you were saying, but I was just having this flashback to, you know, sitting in here the best part of two years ago and, you know, getting these podcasts out sort of every second day when, you know, in March the market was getting hit so hard and we were, you know, we were so scared. No one knew what was going to happen. And some of the things you just said there, it's okay for us to say them and it's, you know, if you had to said these things two years ago, it would be impossible to believe what you were saying. But now we mm. just say them as if, well, yeah, that's just the, where we're at today. It's it's quite amazing to think in such 24 months or 22 months as it stands right now. Yeah, absolutely. We've all had to become um, virologists off uh, off the back of Google uh, very, very quickly. So, um, you know, we don't know for sure how the way it plays out. But I'm optimistic from a lot of the people that have called it pretty well that... Um, Although it's going to be a rotten three or four months and there's going to be disruptions, it's probably a good thing that we have to go through to actually end the pandemic. So fingers crossed that scenario plays out. Even that right there, probably a good thing to go to go through. I mean, the Rio's we all know that you know um, health and safety of everyone's the most Im- important thing. But two years ago, if you were sitting here saying, "Well, the best thing that can happen is you know we, we try and get it behind us by you know whether it's herd immunity or whatever you want to call it it's again there are there are amazing things to be saying compared to two years ago hey i'll tell you what why don't we um focusing on let's say global growth and again we're going to touch on we're going to touch on covid as we go because um, it you know goes to so many things but um it's fair to say it's a pretty liquid situation. You and I were talking before we came on about, you know, some of the consumer sentiment data in Australia, for example, and, uh, you know, job job advertisements, the ANZ, you know, uh, job ads um, survey that comes out, you know, back in December being pretty positive, actually looking out of the future and, and, and you know, um, business sentiment was positive and all those sorts of things. But those surveys were in the field post coming out of lockdown, pre-Omicron wave hitting hard. If you think about that globally as well, our situation's pretty liquid. So global growth. It is. So my, my gut feel is um, Omicron has delayed the recovery and the reopening by probably about six months. Yep. Um, and if, if that proves to be correct, it means consensus forecasts for global growth, which in 2022 right now are above trend global mm-hmm. growth, is too optimistic. Yep. So I think because of Omicron and the disruption to the global economy, forget about just Australia, um, the risks in the short term are to the downside. But if that scenario that we discussed before actually plays out and and it's almost the beginning of the end of the acute phase, um, the medium and longer term um, looks pretty good. And and, and that's an important point you made because there was this broader consensus around sort of October, November, that we would really start to see a strong rebound globally and domestically in the first half of 22. But Omicron, you know, sort of emerging in November, let's say, that's the driver to say, well, that's going to push back six months. So where we thought we were going to get a full 12 months of rebounding conditions, it may not be a full 12 months. It may well be a back-ended six months for 2022. That's right. And then that's going to be compounded by um, the, the likelihood the Fed's going to raise rates in March. Yeah. Um, you know they are behind the curve. They they actually need to need to raise rates. So there's a, the markets are pricing an 87% probability they raise in March. So mm. I've got no reason to argue against that. So if we get Omicron disturbing things in the short term plus a rate rise, pretty hard to see global growth being really strong in the first half of the year. 
So I tell you what, we I know we're going to talk about in, in global inflation, Australian inflation, interest rates, particularly in the US. I know we're going to cover that. Um, let's before we get to that, why don't we talk about I guess you know risk factors, you know nature of risk factors. We don't always know what those risk factors are, but um, you know obvious risk factors today that could or will impact global growth in the short term. I mean we know COVID's one of those things. Um, you know, geopolitics. Yeah, there's been a bit on the news uh, lately, both uh, China and also things bubbling a little bit in Europe around Russia and troop movements towards the Ukraine. That's making people a little bit nervous. Um, I think they're going to continue to produce headlines. Mm. But to be honest, I, I think those things will work themselves out. I think mm. there's political solutions uh, to most of those issues. Um, and it's not going to be a, a left field event. There's, there's likely war between those superpower nations, you know, Russia, US, China. I think it's, it, it's obviously a much higher probability than it was two years ago, but, um, I, I still think there's a political way around those things. So, you know, we'll be watching those mm. and obviously the world will be watching them, but I, I, I doubt they're going to really jump out and, 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 and cause trouble in the world in mm. the next six or 12 months. And that's my, my sincere hope. Yeah, but as you said, I mean, that's gonna that's definitely going to have headlines. We, mm. We're definitely going to see those things. I guess the other element of it is, well, even though markets are very much forward price, um, you, those, those types of headlines can definitely add volatility. They most certainly can. So um, 2022, especially the first half of the year, I, I think we're, and I mean, we, I guess we say that every year we think, you know, there's going to be volatility and, you know, it's nearly two years ago where we had the big drawdown from the, the start of the pandemic. Um, I, I think it's going to be an elevated risk environment because there's a few few things that can go either way. Mm. And um, I think definitely there's a risk that global growth disappoints in the in the short term. So that's, that's probably a, a negative. Then the fact that you're going to have tightening monetary policy out of the US and raising rates as well, that's an environment we haven't seen since 2018 and it caused a lot of volatility when they, when they tried it then. Yeah, and I guess to some degree, uh, let, let's talk about market corrections. Yeah. Um, we, we're going to touch on interest rates and inflation in a moment. It's probably a, a natural segue to it. But, you know, I think from what you're saying there, there's a sense that there could be a number of risk factors that could drive some market market correction. Let's talk about the states specifically. Um, you, your sense that there is some potential for market corrections in the shorter term? So just to put it in context, remember, most years you get a 20% drawdown at some stage in the year. Yep. I think. Um, so I wouldn't think 2022 will be any different. Mm. And um, I mean, if I had to place a guess now, I'd say it's the first half of the year where the um, where the risk are elevated. You've obviously had assets priced pretty well. They've had a pretty good 18 months. Correction really started uh, towards the end of last year. So uh, things have been rolling over a little bit with that expectation of, um, you know, with higher inflation and, and rates rising in the US. Um, so I think that's going to come through. But because Omicron's going to, my gut feel is cause a little bit of disappointment in global growth. You're going to have those two things blending together. Mm. That's not a great environment for markets to rise. Yep. So I think it might be a little bit of a little bit of a trickier start to the year. 
And um, that probably favours some of the asset classes that haven't done as well in the last few years. So it's been tech, high growth that's done really, really well. Yep. I think the first half of the year where you want to be is a little bit more defensive and boring. And it's a lot of the stuff that the Australian economy and the Australian markets actually have, you know, industrial businesses or, or financials mm. uh, that actually produce cash flows, pay dividends. That's probably where I want to be in the first half of the year yes. rather than looking for the next big uh, big growth story, which may well still play out over three or four years, but could well be a little bit of a trickier period just we're going to go through. Um, we, we didn't talk about this in preparation for the podcast, but I, was, I guess there's also that piece around iron ore and China and what that means for the Australian economy as well. Maybe we'll touch on that later, but you know, there, there's definitely been some movement there. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Um, so... And, and I think commodities have been underinvested in in general in the last few years. So they're probably going to be a pretty good place to be with a two or three year view. Uh, if we get a rollover in global growth, though, commodities are one area which usually gets sold off in that yep. environment. So, um, you know, you're going to get the timing right. So if, you, if you're trying to get things right in the short term. Makes sense. Um, all right. So inflation... Uh, inflation outlook, uh, outlook. Inflation outlook for the U.S. Um, interest rates globally, but again, you know, the U.S. U.S. dominates. Um, we were talking about, you know, the headlines at the moment, talking about, you know, nearing 40-year high inflation rates in the U.S. Um, to put that in perspective, I don't think Madonna had even released an album 40 years ago, which tells you how long ago it is. Yes, yeah, it's sort of, certainly a big number, but um, again, it was priced into market, so mm. the, the stock market actually rose on the day that it printed the, mm. the 7% yep. uh, number. So uh, it's high. Um, probably last year, we, what we talked about was we thought it would be transitory. I actually still do. Um, but the transitory period is taking much longer than probably we all thought as the pandemic's going longer and now we're getting a, a, another wave. Um, so if you ask me what... I think inflation will average in the 2020s. I don't think we're going to a high inflation period mm-hmm. like the 1970s. I, yep. I, I think we'll think still yep. average sub 3% inflation. Mm-hmm. Um, we're gonna, we've got a spike at the moment. Yep. It's going to take a little while to roll off. And if we're right and Omicron is going to roll through a big percentage of the global population, it means it isn't coming down in the short term. So that's why the Fed, they're already behind the curve. They're going, to have to, they're going to have to raise, and they're going to raise in March, and they'll probably raise four times this year. Um, transitory, they've been right on goods. Yep. So um, goods, it's already rolling over a bit as some of those stimulus checks have, uh, have worn through the system. Mm-hmm. The problem, wages. Yep. So you're seeing higher wages in the US and with the environment we're describing, it's pretty hard to see how that pressure uh, subsides in the, in, the, in the short term. So um, inflation's gonna be a bit tricky for a little while. I guess my gut feel is we, we get through it and we're not gonna have to see as higher interest rates as, as everybody thinks, but um, they're gonna have to go. They're going to have to go in in 2022 and raise a little bit. So I, I think you get uh, three or four rises this year from the Fed. Australia, not so sure. Mm. Not so not so sure they'll they'll, they'll raise here. But uh, you know the language has started to change from 2024. Uh, you know if things 
if things stay the way they are, that it's going to be it's going to be sooner than that. Mm. But um, you know, it'll all depend on if we're right or wrong about the disruption to the economy from Omicron. Because if that slows things down, and you get one or two rises in the first half of the year, that might be all it takes to roll roll things over. So yeah. um, you probably don't want to be speculating or pontificating on what's going to happen in 2023. It's a bit to play out this year. Yeah, and there's a couple of things I, I think we'll go back on and maybe just expand on slightly. Um, all, all those things you talked about having the potential to see a correction, it's almost like, yeah, the market's priced in a heap. And, and we know markets are driven by, talk about rationality as much as we want, they're driven by sentiment, fear and greed. They're priced in a lot of things. It only takes one potentially a minor shock to be the match that lights those other things up. Yeah, um, that's the first thing. Uh, and and the second thing is around, um, um, you know, transitory nature of inflation in the US. Can you expand on that a little bit? So you talked about, you know, it's wages growth driving that, so therefore there's more money in the economy, more money being spent. Obviously, there would be supply chain issues and things like that as well. So there's increased demand because there's more wages. Supply chain issues, harder to get things, therefore prices go up. See, the, the things, and I, I had a brief look at the numbers last week, the things that look tricky and sticky, um, the ones I noticed, wages and the, 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 the cost of housing. Mm. So um, they're unlikely to, to budge in the next six to 12 months. Um, but tradable goods, uh, there's been a massive, massive spike as we all sat home and um, a lot of people got free money and, and ordered stuff on yep. the line. Um, that's rolling over. So, you know, if if, if we saw uh, 18 months from now, a, you know, a five, six or seven print on inflation, it, it's possible. Yep. Nothing's impossible. Uh, but I think that's very improbable. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, can I tell you, I've said this a couple of times in previous podcasts, I love that after best part of 20 years of you and I having versions of these conversations. Every time we do a podcast, you come out with a new phrase that I don't think I've heard before. Tricky and sticky. Tricky and sticky. <laughs> Fantastic. I, I don't know how or where I'm ever going to use that, but I feel like I will. I think I meant to say tricky. The uh, uh, I meant to say sticky and tricky. Right. Okay. You know, so, and, yeah, no, I think the sentiment's the same though. So. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. So we, we touched on Australia a little bit in, in talking about that, but I think it's an opportunity to go into a little bit more detail. Um, Australia, you know, let's talk about domestic um, interest rates and inflation. Again, you've touched on, but probably just spend a little bit more time on that. Yeah. Well, clearly we're all living through it at the moment and we're seeing real disruptions to the economy because of Omicron, mm. uh, whether that be the labour force and, you know, so many people being unavailable to work, supply chains disrupt disrupted um so it's tricky mm. and it's in my view the wave hasn't peaked so uh we've got probably a few more months of this uh the positive is though if you look at the data from the countries that um contracted it before we did it it it, it rises pretty quick but it, it burns out pretty quick too so hopefully in uh in three or four months we're actually through the worst of it and, and things are improving and, and things can sort of normalise. Yeah. But um, you're certainly not going to have, um, um, you know, optimum conditions for great economic growth and inflation is real in the short term because mm. of the supply chain issues. So, um, you know, I, I think we've all got a bit of a grind for the next three or four months to get through, notwithstanding the actual, a lot of us are going to be sick. 
mm. um, on top of it. So um, it's it's not going to be fun. Yeah, you know, I'm just going to tell just a personal anecdote about you know really getting a sense of supply chain issues. I mean, Apple have done so much right for so long. Uh, my, my dad's after an iPad. I've been trying to get him an iPad for at least a couple of months now. Could be three. Um, and again, this is a company that's been amazing at it for so long. Uh, trying to buy him an iPad. I looked at it again yesterday. It's still another couple of months away before you can get an iPad. That, that's um, that, Because their company has done so much right for so long to yeah. be not able to get an iPad, which is fundamental to the Apple business yeah. over a four, five, potentially six-month period of time. It's one sort of anecdotal indicator mm. of just how bad supply chain issues are. That's right. And then that has an impact in the secondary market because people are paying almost the new price for the convenience of getting a used one today. And you see mm-hmm. that in, you know, automotive and quite quite a few other quite a few other sectors. It's quite amazing, isn't it? Shout out to my dad. Hi dad. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, anything else you want to talk about domestically in Australia or you uh, it's election year. So um, you know, there's going to be a bit of politics. We're already seeing that uh, as we start the year, unfortunately. So, um, you know, I, I think the the central banks will be pretty reluctant to do anything mm. too earth-moving in, in an election year. Um, and then, obviously, we've got uh, got the issues with our largest trading partner, China, which um, hopefully they can they can cool a little. Yeah, but, but but our exports continue to grow, so that's a that's a positive. <laughs> well, that's 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 right. And politics I mean, versus reality, yeah. Politics versus practicality. Yeah, and uh, you know it's amazing when I talk to some people in commodities, and you know China stopped buying this, but you know what? They're still buying it. They just they're just buying it off somebody else who we sold it to. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's all it's all very strange. Um, you know, talking about elections. Uh, so it's been uh, one year since Joe Biden took office in the US. Uh, it would appear to me over the last week or so that uh, Trump's very much started his re-election campaign. The uh, mm. the period of time to govern in the US is very short, isn't it? Well, it is. And, uh, you know, November, you've got uh, midterms. Yeah. Um, Traditionally not good for the incumbent party. Yeah, the polls are right. Yeah. Um, it, it's going to make his job really, really hard in in the last year because uh, uh, he might not be able to get a whole lot of things uh, through and funded. So, and that's another risk, you know, we've gone, been in an environment where, you know, uh, fiscal policy has been uh, very, very loose. Um, I think November will will, will reverse that and and it will tighten. Yeah, I I think you're right there. I mean, the reality is, for the last, I can't remember exactly what it is, but for the last seven or eight election, midterm election cycles, other than Bush post 9-11, um, the incumbent presidents got hammered at the uh, at the midterms. You know, it was the same problem Obama had. He all but had a supermajority and then couldn't get legislation through in the second half of his term. So um, you and I can sit and talk politics forever, particularly the US, but let's not do that. Yeah. I guess the point is, um, you know, we've been in a in a very loose monetary environment. We've been uh, ultra low interest rates, and although we're not sitting here and saying um, rates are going to rocket through the roof and things are going to be tight, um, it's going to reverse. So, yeah. what's been a nice tailwind for markets uh, probably rolls and becomes a headwind, and that yeah. means um, it's a lot 
trickier for markets to uh, to keep rising and and the portfolio managers and our and ideas we're going to have to we're going to have to work harder to uh, to try and achieve good results. Perfect. So that's a really good segue, I guess, to um, I guess come to our final topic that we always like to to wrap up on. You know, taking all of that and putting it into investment portfolio considerations for our clients. Yep. That's right, and I guess we've probably touched on it as we've been talking. Um, the last time the Fed tries to raise rates was 2018. Uh, the markets chucked a wobbly and they, mm-hmm. they backtracked pretty quickly. Same happened in 2013. I don't think they can backtrack as quickly this time because of the issue with inflation, mm-hmm. at least not in the first six months of the year. Yep. So, um, so I think... They will raise. Um, tightening conditions while we're still dealing with the fallout of Omicron. So it doesn't seem like it's going to be a, a, a great market environment in the first six months of the year. Um, so there's your heightened probability of, of volatility. Uh, if it does come to pass, though, I'll be looking at it as an opportunity because, mm-hmm. as I said, my medium-term view is quite optimistic that um, global growth really does pick up once we... We do genuinely have the the pandemic in the rear view view yep. mirror, um, so that means we probably want to be a little bit more defensive in the in the first half of the year. If some people I know are sitting on some cash, wanting to invest it, I'm probably telling them just to be patient. Let's see if if the market does give us that opportunity and has a has a bit of a tantrum. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most of our clients run a diversified portfolio. It might be a 70-30 growth and in income. Mm-hmm. You know, I still think that income part of the portfolio is not going to be a great long-term performer for them. And it's tempting to say, well, let's just be rid of that completely and all be in equities and property and, and growth assets. But if we do go through this period of volatility, it will provide some, some ballast. So we're saying just be patient uh, with those bonds and hopefully once we get through this, call it a normalization period that markets are probably going to go through over six to 12 months, then we can really have a good hard look at that 70% of the portfolio and make sure it's positioned in the right sectors uh, for the next three to five years. Yeah, perfect. And so, and so again, as we talk about all the time, just the importance of ongoing review of portfolios and how that aligns to an individual strategy and uh, you know longer term goals. Definitely. I guess we always say the future's unclear and it's... Um, because it isn't, it's mm. never, never, never clear. But it does look like we've got some headwinds in the short term. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they're priced into markets yet, so yeah. that's why probably short term risk to the downside. Um, you know, some people might say, "Well, why don't we just sell everything then?" If that's because um, it's why not? It's far from being certain that that comes to pass. Um, you know, over the last decade, the, the Fed's managed to mm-hmm. tie another knot and do something else we didn't yep. see, and there's been a new policy initiative. And also, if you sell things, it's not just the selling decision, then you've got to make the rebuying yeah, exactly decision right. again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it's tricky to do. Hmm. And, you know, all these maxims that we learn across our careers, time in the market, not timing the market. Yes, in a perfect world, you time it absolutely perfect, but it's impossible it's, to time it absolutely perfect, so it's the time in that's the driver. It, it is really hard to do, mm. so that's why it's probably best to work around the edges and just make sure we've got the asset allocation appropriate for each client's uh, objective and, and situation. So having said that, if, if the market does roll over, mm. 
I probably think the Australian market will be more insulated than the US market, which, which is, is good to know. More growthy, a little bit more expensive. Mm. Uh, the fact that we've got you know more industrial and and commodity uh, exposure and uh, underlying income, I think will will uh, insulate it a little bit. And it's probably the first time in a while, I, I think Australia looks like. Um, a better bet, at least in the short term, than the US. It does feel like a while since uh, that's been the case. Um, maybe to wrap up, I'm just going to hit you with something uh, without any uh, without any notice. Talking about, I think you talked about property, perhaps some some opportunities, or you know, have been performing well. Uh, recently, the ABS came out and told us what the value of the 10.7 million homes in Australia is. Lots. Uh, Nine trillion, and look, the reality is, how do you how do you define that number? Where how do you rationalise that number in your head? But uh, that's surge. So it took only around six months to add the last trillion for it to go from eight trillion to nine trillion. Even that, there's no perspective to that. Is that fast? Is it not? Um, the previous fifth, uh, the previous trillion took fifteen months. So uh, through uh, through mid corona, well, what we hope is mid coronavirus, uh, we've added a trillion dollars to uh, the value of Australian homes. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, it's certainly not what I thought, and this is why it's, you know, we've talked about the risk of markets rolling over, why you don't want to just take your device, because mm. I, I thought Resi Housing would probably roll over when uh, when the original pandemic hit. Mm. And, um, you know, especially like lifestyle places like uh, Byron Bay and Noosa, mm. which mm. Uh, have absolutely gone through yep. the roof. Yeah, yeah. Typical downturn. It's people's second and third and lifestyle property, and those markets get hit hardest. Yes. So, um, you know, you, you never know the you never know the future. But what we will say is, a lot of the experts um, and economists who do housing market forecasts, they probably still think the first half of the year is going to be okay, but uh, they're predicting a bit of an easing in the second half of the year and into into twenty twenty three. And if you do have uh, tightening fiscal and monetary policy that that probably makes sense to me. So, I was just going to say, I mean, this is the this is the fine line that the RBA runs, isn't it? I mean, they, mm. if if they lift interest rates, so tighten tighten policy, um, they they do probably want to take some of the heat out of the housing market, but it is so integral to the wealth of so many Australians that they can't take so much heat out of the market that it causes uh, problems. Yeah, and it's such you know. such a big employing sector, right? Mm. So, um, they do want to take the heat out of it but they don't want to dampen it so much that it stops building and, and new housing being uh, being created. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I certainly don't think the Aussie housing market is going to crash anytime soon, uh, but I'd be amazed if we sit here in 12 or 18 months' time and it's 10 or 15% higher than it is today, I think. Or uh, up another trillion. Yeah, we've yeah. got to play a little bit of catch-up for a while. Yeah, no worries. Uh, all right, James, thank you. Good to get the first uh, podcast of the year out. Um, the, the one comment I'd make, and I know you would like to as well, is to, to everyone who listens to all our, all our clients is to uh, you know, be, be healthy and, and also happy uh, throughout 2022. Um, obviously, we're really focused as a business and trying to keep our staff as healthy as we possibly can. Uh, we're very much running a skeleton staff in our offices for that very reason. Um, we, like everybody else, hope to get back to some level of normality soon, but clearly the priority for all of us is to make sure we're looking out for each other's health. Yeah, that's all right. And uh, getting ill, my year, year ended a little bit abruptly, so um, there's a few clients I've got to get on the phone to and, um, and, and reconnect with. So I hope everybody is, uh, is doing well out there and, and staying safe and uh, 
as you said, hopefully in a few more months, things are uh, getting closer to the new normal. The new normal, indeed. Um, Thanks again, James. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to all our listeners and look forward to catching up with you uh, throughout 2022. Cheers. Thank you. The information in this podcast is intended to be general in nature and does not take into account your personal situation. Therefore, it does not constitute and is not intended to be financial services advice. You should consider whether the information is appropriate to your needs and where appropriate, seek professional personal advice from your financial advisor.